you are about to meet another woman who was nominated by a friend to be featured on the show. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. I received a really nice email from Gail, and here's what she said. My friend Nancy has a business that was founded to help women in a very special way. She is passionate about helping women feel comfortable in their own skin with a little help from her gorgeous wigs. Hmm, wigs, I thought. Could there be a compelling story here? Turns out there is. We wear wigs for many different reasons, and today's guest is here to explain why making women feel beautiful is at the center of her mission. She's also a seasoned businesswoman. She and her husband have been running a marketing and advertising company called Infinite Media for 27 years, and her new company, Main Attraction Wigs, is more than a store. It is a calling. Her name is Nancy Parsley, and this is her story. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Let's start with the inspiration for you to create this business, Main Attraction Wigs. I was suffering from hair loss, but not through any sickness. I was experiencing thinning hair. My scalp was going back further and further, and I was kind of doing this in silence and suffering with it. And I did some research. I looked at some wigs. I found one online, and it came in the box, and I put it on, and immediately I felt confident. I felt so much better. I started wearing them pretty much every day. I found there was a stigma in that my friends felt uncomfortable around me wearing a wig because why would I be wearing a wig? There must be something wrong. I might be sick. And I wasn't. I started wearing different ones. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't trying to look like myself. I was trying to feel good. And the more I did it, the stranger people thought it was. And then I realized that I needed to let people know that wigs aren't hot, they're comfortable, they're life-changing. I read an article that said that you had stepped out of a restaurant one day and a woman literally had followed you out of the restaurant to ask you about your haircut and your hairstyle. At that time, I wasn't telling anyone, but I was being stopped quite a bit, so I told her about my hairdresser. By the way, I tell every woman who comes to see me, when you leave, get ready for compliments. You're going to have people stopping you every day. And they do. They write me their stories every day. But in any case, what I ended up doing was creating a T-shirt that says, Ask Me Why I Never Have a Bad Hair Day. And on the back of the T-shirt is my logo. So now I'm offering it. So when somebody asks me now, I hand them my business card. Well, there's nothing like having a marketing and advertising background to know how to do all these things if you're going to start another business. Tell our audience why women need to wear wigs. There are some physical reasons, some diseases that, of course, affect us. Why do women need to come into your shop? I started this for style quite honestly, because I wanted to give women permission to look good and feel good and get ready easily. But along the way, I've really discovered some really heart-wrenching stories for women. Chemotherapy, of course, going through chemo is really, really tough. And when those women come in to me, I take a moment. I make sure the wig that I put on them, the first wig, is beautiful. I won't put anything on that they're going to be shocked. And I hold their shoulders and I keep them calm, and I, I keep the people around them that they bring for support calm because they all want her to put on a blue wig and all this, but I try to make it real for them, and, and I'm sensitive to that. But then there's alopecia, and alopecia is not selective. To, you know, anybody can get it, and women who get it could lose their hair. I've seen 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds that lost their hair suddenly, just all fell out, beautiful, thick hair. 
once you have alopecia, what I've kind of heard is fifth grade is a pretty common time that it could start. You can have it off and on your whole life. One of your new customers are people in transition. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I know a lot about that. (laughs) Not only do I have male to female transition, I have drag queens, and I also have older cross-dresses who only will come out five days of a month, and they have nowhere to go, but they come to me. We spend two hours together. I help them find the best wig. I help them with makeup. So yeah, I'm 100% behind the trans community. It sounds to me as if there's an awful lot of listening that goes into what you do for a living. I want to tell you a little story. My mother was someone who lost her battle to breast cancer. She was diagnosed at 48, and she was dead by the time she was 52. And I was a teenager when my mother was dying, and she had some pretty aggressive chemotherapy. And of course, she lost her hair. In my mother's case, she had this beautiful, like chestnut brown hair and big brown eyes. She lost her hair in segments, not all at the same time. It was almost like it just came out in clumps. And I remember saying, Mommy, you need to get a wig. And she was horrified at the idea of getting a wig. And her girlfriends encouraged her to do that. And she did. And it changed everything about the way she felt about herself, Nancy. And I know you've talked a little bit about it, but you get teary even when I tell you my mom's story. And she's been dead for an awfully long time. What is it about empowerment that a wig gives a woman? Sometimes, I guess what I would say, I have women come in to me that are losing their hair, that are not going through cancer, they're not going through chemo. And they feel guilty that they want a wig because they're not sick. I don't want them to feel that way. And when a woman's going through that journey, I want to give her hope. I want to tell her the wig is the easiest part. Make it the positive part of your journey, not the negative part. And by the way, quite often, their friends that come with them buy wigs. They end up saying, you know what? Why aren't I wearing a wig? There's one other funny thing I want to tell you is when I have, when I have women in that are going through it and they bring their husbands and the husbands are balding. <laughs> I always pick a wig that I bring over and put on the husband because I want him to know what it feels like. And the wives usually look at him like, wow, (laughs) he looks pretty good. So I try to make it sort of fun and take, I mean, it's emotional, but we really try to make it fun. Brick and mortar business in a town called Peabody, the name of the business is? Main attraction wigs. It's not easy owning a storefront in 2021. What have you done in the launch of your place as soon as a woman walks in or a man walks in to make them feel like this is really special? Having infinite media, like you said, my marketing and advertising firm is a real benefit. Bonus. Yeah. (laughs) And so they did all the marketing and preparation and design. But the brand, the essence of the brand was really important to us. So when a person walks in, I want it to smell good. That's number one. I have candles all the time burning. I'm notorious for my candles. I want it to present like a living room. I have antique furniture. The other nice thing I like to do is I always give them something when they leave. If they're going through breast cancer, I give them chapsticks and different things like that. The funny part is, is when I open my box of chocolates, and I have a beautiful little box of chocolates. And before they leave, they, oh, you know, they've just <laughs> bought this wig and made this big purchase. But a little Wigs and chocolate. chocolate. Wigs and chocolate. <laughs> I try to make the experience really nice and tons and tons of options. No pressure. I really can't emphasize enough how much time you need to go through the process of looking for the right wig and have your, what I call the aha moment. For those of you who are listening to our program and they're wondering, what does this place look like? Give us your website. MainAttractionWigs.com. Main is M-A-N-E. 
just like the mane of a lion, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or a lioness. What have you learned from your work in media for 27 years that you've transferred to being a small business owner in 2021? Being in a retail brick and mortar is entirely different than being a corporate marketing and advertising firm. I didn't know what to expect. One of my biggest beliefs is that relationships are everything. And I'm sure that's true in your experience owning a marketing and advertising agency with your husband and also owning a brick and mortar store. True? Absolutely. First of all, I wouldn't have either business if it wasn't for my husband. Has he always been your support person? Because you know what, Nancy? I believe we all need one person Yeah. who really believes in us. Yeah. Is that him? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> we are. Everyone, you know, they call us Mr. and Mrs. America. Like, we are just in, inseparable but he had the vision. He was always the visionary. And so he had the vision for Infinite. I was working at GE. I had a big corporate job. I was doing great. I was making a lot of money. And he said, you need to quit this, son. You need to sell. You need to start your own business. And he was right. So we did that. But when Maine came along, he was a little more skeptic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everyone thought I was a little nuts, <laughs> quite honestly. I had about 100 wigs in my corporate office. Then when COVID came, and he saw I was doing Zooming. I was doing curbside pickup. I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> Let's just segue into the And you did it all during the pandemic. Timing yes. is everything. Yeah. How did that affect your business? Because you need to be up close and personal. You, like you just said, you figured out a way to make it happen. And you even had curbside pickup of <laughs> wigs. Talk me through it. I still do that. I have them measure the heads and there's no obligation. If they get it and it doesn't work, they'll send it back to me. So yeah, it's not the same, but I try to, again, make it fun. I'll take my wig off. You know, <laughs> I just, you know, try to share that it's okay. So you're able to connect even through a smaller screen. Yeah, yeah. That's because of your personality. <laughs> no doubt about it. You occasionally also hold micro events, which I need to come to. Wine, wigs, and makeup. <laughs> yeah. Please let me know when the next one is because it sounds like so much fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, I will get back to doing that for sure. I had a wine, wig, and makeup party planned for March 22nd of 2020. I had 54 women coming. That's actually how I test marketed it. Infinite did a test marketing of doing those parties, and the women were just coming in groves. We were shocked how many women needed wigs. So the wine and wig parties, all the women are equal. We all have these stupid beanies on our heads. We all look ridiculous. So everyone's even. We're drinking wine, of course. It's kind of like, you know, when you used to go to Filene's basement for the wedding gowns and everyone's be rambling for them. Well, everyone would have a wig on and people are just looking at the wig waiting for you to take it off because they want to try it on. And then there's the empowerment part where everyone's looking at one woman saying, oh my gosh, that looks beautiful and giving them support and moral support. So it's really a great event. And we do makeup, you know, full eyelashes, the whole works. We talked a little bit about your husband being your person, that support person in your life. Let's talk about your upbringing, if we could, because I believe that that's where our values are formed. That's kind of our foundation. Can you tell our listeners where you grew up and what life was like in your house? Oh, wow. Yeah, I grew up in Lynn. I live in Lynn now still. And I was the baby, seven children. So I was, you know, I'm sorry to the rest of you, but I was my mother's everything. And... She was, without doubt, the wind beneath my wings because she really believed anything Nancy did was gold. Anything I did. I was in theater. I was in dance. And it was always one of these things where if I came in the room, it, my mom would be like, shh, Nancy's talking. <laughs> 
Oh, your brothers and sisters must have loved that. Yeah. You also, uh, when we first met one another, you said, I have a tissue in my hand. I always have a tissue in my hand. It must be my mom. What's that all about? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, my mom always had a tissue in her hand. In fact, when she died, she died when my son was only 18 months and I was 36. And she died at 76 very suddenly. In fact, so when she died, I actually went in and did her makeup. The very last thing my mom asked me, and I did not know that she was going to pass this, whether I would do her makeup for her. And uh, I didn't because <laughs> I didn't have time. I had been there all day and I took my son home. So she died pretty much the next day. And so I said to my husband, I didn't do her makeup. And he said, you got to do it. So I did. And after I did her makeup and her hair, by the way, I took a tissue. This is how she always held the tissue, the same way my hand is. And I put a tissue in her hand in the coffin. She's always with me. <laughs> okay. So I want to tell you a little story about when my mom died and I was 18 years old. And she was a fashion queen. My mom was a buyer for Lord & Taylor, Bonwit Teller, oh God. Saks Fifth Avenue. She was a hand model. She was just glamorous and gorgeous. And I knew that she hadn't bought anything new for herself in a while because she'd been so sick. So I went out to the store and I bought her the most beautiful polka dot dress you've ever seen with a really cool little cinched waistline. <laughs> and I bought her a new pair of shoes and I bought her stockings and I bought her earrings. And when I got to the undertaker and I'm standing there with all these clothes, he looked at me and he said, miss, we don't put shoes on the body <gasps> and we don't put stockings on the body. And I remember being so devastated but years later, whenever I talk to groups of women around the subject of breast cancer, I always say, so if you get there before I do, and you see a woman with a polka dot dress on <laughs> and a pair of heels, that's because that's my mom. Oh, God. So the idea that you actually put makeup and did your mother's hair when yeah. she was dead, can you please tell me what that feels like? Yeah. It was everything. I started very, very nervous. I can't imagine. I was nervous. And I went in with my sister and my sister-in-law. And they gave me the moral support. And then I put her cream on her face. And when I started putting it on, I realized you don't put cream on. No one told me. I never had done this before. And it wasn't absorbing. And uh, my sister said, just keep going. Just keep going. So I did. So when she was done, she was dewy. <laughs> she was beautiful. It was very dewy. And um, as I went through the process of being nervous, all of a sudden I was, it was just my mom. It was just her laying there sleeping. It wasn't, she wasn't dead to me. She was with us. And then my sister-in-law leaned on the coffin because we were getting so comfortable. She sort of leaned on the coffin and I'm doing, I'm trying to do a lipstick in the coffins moving. And I looked at my sister-in-law's are you doing? And the three of us laughed so hard, but we knew at that moment, my mom was laughing, thought this was the funniest thing. So it- Wow. It Thank you for telling me that story. And I'm sorry that I made you cry and I'm crying. And where are the Kleenexes when you need them on the story behind her success? Well, you talked about your son. What is mother love? And do you have more children? I only have him. And, and How I did that change you? Oh, God. I never wanted children. Career that, girl over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I was engaged to be married and broke off an engagement because he bought a station wagon for our children. I said, who are you marrying? It's not me. 
my husband is older than me, he's 13 years older. So when we got married, I was only 28. And I said, all I want to do is make sure you leave the door open in case I change my mind. I know I'm smart enough to know I might. And at 33, I came to him and said, you know, what would you say if I, I think I want a baby? And he said, let's do it. And I said, shouldn't we give this more, more thought? He probably said, no, let's do it right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, exactly. Xander was born when I was 35 years old. And he will tell you and anyone who knows me, my world revolves around that kid. I just, he's 26 now and uh, he's everything. I always ask any woman who sits where you are, who is a mom, what is mother love to you? How would you describe that? There's a bond that goes beyond. It's different. You know, my love for my husband is love I've chosen and love that will always be strong. But I just looked at this kid and fell in love. We both did. The day he was born, my husband was bawling his eyes out for actually a couple of years after that, every time we saw a baby born. He fills my heart with everything, with joy. There's times it's not all easy, of course, but I'm always there for him. I always have his back. We, as a couple, just love being his mom and dad, but I also have stepkids. I have a beautiful, we don't even use the word step in our family, but I've got a great- We don't either anymore. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. We don't use it. In fact, I have a great stepdaughter, her husband, my stepson, and his wife. I have seven grandchildren. My grandchildren, Mackenzie, who's all over my car and my wall. I was just about to say, who is that pretty woman on the wall (laughs) in your beautiful store? Tell me about that. She's the princess. She's the princess. She looks a um, lot like you, as a matter of says fact. That. Yeah. Will, yeah, we laugh about it. We don't look anything alike in person, but I take that as a compliment, obviously. She's special. She's my stepdaughter's daughter. She's everything to her. But then I have Mackenzie. I have Madison, the other little one. They, they all really vacationed with our son all the time growing up. But the great part is not only do I have the whole extended family, but my husband's ex-wife, he was married 21 years. She remarried, and we do vacations everything with her, her husband. We do all the holidays with his kids. So we are an extended family of, I don't know, 35, I think maybe. But there's no, I love Anne. I mean, his ex-wife, we are very good friends. You know, it takes a lot of love to do that. And especially it's about how it makes the children feel. Absolutely. Blended families, I have to say for Tom and me, it's what we're most proud of. You know, we've got this incredible love that we were able to find each other later in life. But now we've got the five knuckleheads and, you know, everybody loves everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So when an obstacle is in your path, Nancy Parsley, how do you get around it? Oh, I go right through it. (laughs) I never go around. It's just busted open. I I can see that. (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And can you pass that along to our listeners today? Be honest with yourself be compassionate with people, listen. And no one would call me a listener typically, but I have learned really of being a listener in this business. This has really humbled me. I can only say that. My mom always said, do your best, go for it, go for it because you can do it. Just believe in yourself. So I've always sort of talked to myself when I'm doing something. I'm like, oh, they're going to love this when I'm done with it. I kind of give myself that positive reinforcement. And that really came from my mom and then was coupled with my husband always believing in me as well. So believe in yourself, love what you do. What do you say to an entrepreneur who might be listening to this program, particularly a female entrepreneur? She's got an idea in her head. She just hasn't brought that to life. Put your advertising, marketing, (laughs) woman, self-employed hat on. Tell her what she needs to do. Well, the first thing I did 
honestly, it sounds like a stupid thing, but I, I went to the library and got a book on how to start a business because I had no idea. I'd never done anything. I did know how to run a business because of GE. I had learned everything from purchasing. I knew purchase orders and sales and invoices and inventory. I mean, I, I knew how to do all the paperwork and how to track things. Have you ever read any books that have been really helpful around entrepreneurship? Yeah, I would say the book Erroneous Zones was really very life-changing. So you got to put your plan in action. You have to have a plan, but not necessarily a written out formal business plan. I never did that. I had a good sense of what I wanted to do and accomplish. And when I started the business, I made sure the date I started was the day I went into my office, which was downstairs in my basement, dressed to the nines and started doing work November 1st, 1993. And I just put everything I had into it. The more I interview successful women, the more I recognize a lot of the success is due to mindset. True or false? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely is mindset. Do you envision yourself being (laughs) successful? Yeah. Have you always done that? Yeah, I was a theater major. So in high school, I was in the shows and the plays, and I always pictured myself on the stage. I loved the audience. I loved the thrill. So I think just naturally, that's what I do when I start a business. So you just see yourself successful. Mm -hmm. Final question, Nancy Parsley, thank you so much for coming to my living room and inspiring us with the story about main attraction wigs and your success at Infinite Media. Unbelievable. (laughs) What does success mean to you? Well, success means doing something every day with purpose that you love. The money's good. It's such a small piece of it. If you love what you do every day and you do it with purpose and you do it with a full heart and you give it everything you have, then you're a success. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today, being our featured guest. And thank you to your friend Gail for suggesting you on the story behind her success, Nancy Parsley. Thank you. And that's the story behind her success for this week. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you have someone in mind, please let me know. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform. And please tell your friends and family about the show. Leave a review if you would be so kind. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. When we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap toward success and we inspire one another. When we lift each other up, we all rise.